Majesty, thank you for indeed we are transformed, we're changed by your word. So this evening we ask in the name of Jesus that you breathe upon us and transform our lives by your word, your majesty. In Jesus' precious name we have worshipped. Amen. Good evening um, everyone from Nigeria. Um, welcome to our, our midweek um, Bible study. The the God's Favorite House Midweek Bible Study, and we are called, um, we've tagged it Thrive. Um, I will borrow the cue from um, our resident pastor, Pastor Bolaji, who say, good morning to you, depending on where you are in the face of the earth. Good morning to you, um, good afternoon. And um, for some people, even in Asia, it's late into the night, so we say good night to you, even as you um, join us. Thank you for um, stopping by. Um, if you're new here, our resident pastors are happy to um, welcome you. So just indicate by um, posting an emoji or um, just say, I'm here. Maybe wave and uh, online pastors will um, gladly welcome you to our fold. So um, tonight we are continuing on our series in the book of James, and this is part three already. And we're going to be reading from James 19 through to 27. It will be on the screen uh, so you can follow. Or you could just take out your own device or your physical Bible and read along. So uh, I will read along and uh, I will come back after that and introduce uh, what I think should be a title, uh, what we believe should be a title for this teaching, and then we will take it off from there. So we'll be reading from the New Living Translation um, this evening, James um, 1 from verse 19 to 27, and I read. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God 
the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't listen to God's word. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing God will bless you for not only listening to his word, but for applying it to your life in the name of Jesus. And the people of the Lord say, Amen. Verse 26 says, If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God and the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. I mean, the Lord bless the reading and the understanding of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, if I was to tag this teaching, um, give it a title, I like to give it a title, and you can give it whatever title you deem fit, because again, we're just continuing on the book of James, really. I like to title it, Just Like Jesus, The Continuation. If you listened, um, or you joined us over the weekend uh, on Sunday, and you listened to um, Pastor Bolaji's teaching, Just Like Jesus, I mean, it was amazing. So, this is like a sequel. I can't call it a sequel. A continuation. I mean, just something to um, continue in that trajectory as we build up to on eagle's wings our God with the service. I hope you are fasting. So, um, I like to give out a disclaimer that, uh, like we read in the in the in the uh, the verse we just the passage we just read. I like to give out a disclaimer. You know. And it says you should be slow to get angry. But I say that not all anger is bad. Not all anger is bad. And I can literally imagine someone watching me right now and saying, hey, you know, perhaps you've been angry all day because people have just been driving you nuts, so to speak. And you say, hey, brother, tell them not, not all anger is bad. You know, the truth is, Jesus, the one we model our lives, you know, I, I, I mean, around. It's recorded about Jesus that Jesus got angry in the Bible. So you can say, well, my 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 master, my savior, got angry as well. But guess what? The Bible also says, be angry but do not sin. Ephesians 4:26. If Chairman can please put up the amplified classic version, amplified, amplified version of that scripture, it says, be angry but do not sin. I was having a conversation with um, Pastor Bolaji, a resident pastor, sometime during the week on a different subject, not the book of James, and it drew my attention to the part of the scripture that I mostly glossed um, over in the past, and it had to do with when Jesus went into the temple with a whip to drive out the merchants. You know, if you know that um, scripture, if you're familiar with it, or otherwise you can study it on your own in John 2, I think it's from verse 13. Jesus made a whip and he chased um, 
the people, you know, the Bible says he chased them, he whooped the headsmen, he, yeah, and the sheep sellers, he, he, he scattered the brood, the change, uh, people's coins, you know, and, and, and most likely, I believe that they got some lashes, you know, <laughs> and suffered significant losses because if he scattered their coins, they would have been mixing up people's coins, you know. But in the same instance, when Jesus got to the people selling doves, if you know what the significance of the doves, doves were for the people that could not afford to buy the cattle that the um, herders and the um, sheep sellers were bringing into the temple um, for sacrifices. So doves would have been literally for the, the poor sets of people. It says when he got to the people, those poor people in John 2, it says Jesus spoke to those people. He said to them, pack up and leave. So that means Jesus wasn't whooping those, those people. Even though he was whooping some other people, he, wasn't, he didn't whoop those people. So from, from, from this, we see that Jesus was absolutely temperate. Jesus was absolutely temperate. Yes, be angry at wickedness, be angry at oppression, be angry at immorality, be, be, be angry at, thank you, say, ma'am, be angry at injustice, at ungodly behavior, as the um, Amplified Version puts it, but do not sin, it says. Do not sin. Don't let that anger, you know, don't let that anger continue until the sun goes down, it says. Don't let the anger continue until the sun goes down. So let go of that anger before the sun goes down. And do not let the anger lead you to pay back. Do not let the anger lead you to get even. We are not supposed to pay back and get even, even when we get angry. So, in fact, when it says let go of the anger before the sun goes down, it means that anger, your anger should um, have thermostats like Jesus. You, you, you must be able to regulate your anger. You must be temperate. Yes, you can get angry, but you must be able to control your anger. You must, like a thermostat, be able to regulate your anger. Imagine if you had a heating or a cooling system. Where I am right now, it's pretty cool and I like it. I like the cool. But imagine if you had a heating system or a cooling system that did not have a thermostat. You die of cold or you die of heat. You can say, I'm a gentleman. You know, I'm a, I'm a cold chick. No matter what they do, no matter what anybody says or does to me, nothing gets to me. My brother, I die, you do, you know. Or, or you can say, Namibia, Pocona, Pepe, you know. I have temper. And if anybody tries me, eh, my sister, you will kill somebody someday. So, whichever, whatever your position in the spectrum, high or low, the appropriate, appropriate posture is to be temperate, just like Jesus. So like we learned on Sunday, be just like Jesus. Jesus was temperate. Jesus was temperate. So we learned on Sunday as well that it is not okay for people to offend you. It's not okay for people to offend you. It's not okay for people to offend you. So when they do, because people will offend you, what should you do? What should you do? 
Number one thing I think you should do is say it. If someone offends you, say it. I don't like what you did. Better still, say it to God. Say it to God who is the judge of the whole earth and have faith that he will respond or will show you a way to respond. Say it. Oh Lord, I feel so angry right now by what this, 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 this person did or what they said to me. Say it to him. No one listens like God. And no one will give you the best way. He says with every temptation, he will show you a way of escape. What other thing do you think, I, do I think you can do? Again, borrowing from what Pastor Bola just us on Sunday, be a professional forgiver. <laughs> you know, I was speaking to uh, one of my very good friends, you know, and she was saying to me, you know, she, my friend's wife, that is, was saying to me that uh, a sister said about her husband that she has forgiven him in advance because she knows that he will offend him. So she has chosen that she has forgiven him in advance. No matter what he does, he has been forgiven in advance, you know? So, say it when someone offends you. Them, of course, in the best possible way. It says, as long as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. And say it to God, most importantly. And of course, be a professional forgiver. Remember the quote from Pastor Bologi's teaching, and I, and I wrote that down, you know, in my own understanding, profound. It says, you cannot be controlled by that which you refuse to retaliate in kind. That which you refuse to retaliate in kind cannot control you. I mean, that is huge, like Pastor would say, massive, really. So, personally, I refuse to allow people's opinion gets to me. It's not like I am I'm insulated, but I just tell myself that, you know what, it's their opinion about me. It doesn't change who I am. It doesn't change who I am. It's not like I do not get angry. I get angry for the things that I should get angry about, but I do not allow the opinion of what someone says get to me and fluster me. So that leads us to the next aspect of this teaching, which is verse 21. Verse 21 starts by, you know, an, an adverb. It says, so, so, so get rid of all filth and evil in your lives. So. Apostle James here was connecting the fact that practicing the art of listening, patience in speech, and being temperate are very, I mean, they're crucial to your spiritual well being. Being temperate, listening, the art of listening, because listening is an art, it's, they are crucial to your spiritual well being. And he said, and he's saying to us today, saying to you and I today that we ought to listen more. Let your mouth follow your brain and not the other way around. He's saying to us that we need to be temperate. Why? Because our excessiveness does not make God look good. Your excessiveness never ever makes God look good. For this reason, he says, we must get rid of the drags, like we learned again on Sunday. Get rid of the drags, get rid of the, the weights that can keep you and I from taking flight in this season. Because you and I will take flight in this season in the name of Jesus. Say amen. The people of the Lord say amen. So we ought to allow the word of God we have heard up until now. I don't know when it is you got into God's warehouse. I don't know when it is you started listening to us, when you started following us. Perhaps for you, it may have been 11 years since inception, you're saying we are the founding fathers of God's house. How much has that word you've been listening to transformed you? You might say, I've been here for only one month. In one month, you have been shared profound secrets. So you ought to allow the word of God you have heard up until now fill your heart. Nothing else, not gossip, not fear, 
not news, but the word of God should fill your heart. How? How should the word of God fill my heart? Simple. By humbly allowing the word that has been planted in you to begin to do his work. Because that word has the power to work wonders in your life. But there's, there's a part called the allowing. You have to be humble enough to say, okay, you know what? I've heard this word. I need to allow it to work now. I need to allow it to work now. So my humble advice to you is leave judgment to God. Because when you think you are in the right, God doesn't really expect you to be in wrath. You might think you are in the right, but God doesn't expect you to be in wrath. So leave judgment to God. God does not expect you to be in wrath even though you think you are in the right. Let's take Moses for example. Moses and the people of Israel. Moses was in the right to be upset that the people of Israel didn't obey God. But the moment he responded in wrath, he, he, he took his rod and he struck the rock. After God had instructed him to speak to the rock for water to come out, the moment he struck the, the rock, guess what? It was no longer about him and men. He offended God. He offended God in the process. Guess who missed out on, the, on, on physically entering the promised land as a result? Moses. Meanwhile, it was the people that offended him. But his reaction caused him to miss out. So, where, are you, where have you been reacting because you think so a man has done something that offends you? Again, the people of Israel in Jesus' day, right, they, they had, I mean, you can say they had genuine reasons to be upset. Some of them were upset of the claims of Jesus calling himself the Son of God or Jesus calling himself the Messiah, the Savior. Why? Because in all fairness, many of, some of them may have seen Jesus in diapers, you know. It must have been difficult for them to comprehend, especially the ones that actually saw him grow up. But the moment they, they reacted in wrath, they lost control of the turn of events. And, and of course, it led to Jesus' crucifixion. Blood on, on their hands and heaviness on, on people's consciences. So, what's the lesson there for you and I? Leave judgment to God. Repeat after me. Leave judgment to God. Regardless of what has happened, leave judgment to God. It is prerogative. So, moving on. Verse 22 to 25, I like to call that part the application. From verse 22 to 25, same if you can help us put it up as well. Beautiful. Thank you. It says we should not only listen to God's word, we must do what God's word says. If you don't, if you don't do what it says, it, 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 it says we are fooling or deceiving ourselves. So, have you ever engaged with someone, maybe a spouse, maybe a child, maybe an associate, you know, or a customer service representative on an organization, you know? and you are trying to resolve an issue so you call or uh, you're giving feedback or raising a concern the next thing it seems like you're not getting the response you know they're just it seems that they're listening but they're not listening they're just waiting for you to finish and you say ah, i'm trying to say something and you, you hear that I, i'm hearing you <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever experienced it i'm hearing you you know they go silent and you like hello and it says i can hear you Personally, for me, it drives me nuts. You know, of course you can hear me. You're not deaf. <laughs> of course you can hear me. If, if you can relate, then in a sense, this is what this passage is saying to us. Listening to the word of God and not applying what 
God is saying or what his word is saying. It's like saying to God, I am hearing you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and guess what? Jesus had, Jesus had I mean, this to say about the people who say to God, I am hearing you, or I can hear you. Of course, by their, by their, 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 their actions, you know, not necessarily saying it to God, but by their actions, they're saying to God, I'm hearing you, you know? What did, what did you just have to say about that? Luke 6, I'm going to read from verse um, 64 to 49 in the message version. Again, CMN can help us put it up on the screen. But I'll read um, from my device why you can follow along. It says, why are you polite with me? Always saying, yes, sir, I can hear you. I am hearing you. That's right, sir. But never doing a thing, I tell you. These words I speak to you are not mere additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. It's not in renovation works. It says they are foundation words, words to build a life on. The words that we are receiving, the words that have been taught us, the words that are coming from the pulpit, they are foundation words to build our lives on. It says if you walk the words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who dug deep and laid the foundation of his house on the bedrock. When the river burst its banks and crashed against the house, nothing could shake it. When you build your life on the word of God, nothing can shake it. I declare in the name of Jesus that because your life is built on the word of God, nothing will shake you in the name of Jesus. It says why? Because your life becomes built to last. Built to last. A life built on the word of God, not just only listening but applying the word of God is a life built to last. He says, but if you just use my word in Bible studies, in life group, <laughs> in social media, and don't walk them into your life, you're like a dumb carpenter. May you not be a dumb carpenter in Jesus' name. You're like a dumb carpenter who built a house but skipped the foundation. When the swollen river came crashing, it collapsed like a house of cards. It was a total loss. <laughs> but your life not collapse like a pack of cards in Jesus' name. Why? Because you will hear the word of God and you will apply it in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. The difference really between those two sets of people in this passage is that one was a era, if you could please leave that scripture up, CMM, one was a era and the other was a doer. The, the, the doer was wise enough not only, not only to hear the message, but most importantly put it into practice. It's not enough to study God's word. It's not enough to, to um, listen to message after message after message, go to uh, attend seminars, you know, there's a podcast, there's a, um, there's a Zoom meeting, they are training, you are know, joining different things. Those things need to be applied for fruits to come. Those things need to be applied. It's like sowing the seed. You sow the seed, it's time to collect. God will come and collect. What have you used? The parable of so what have you done with what I have given to you? So it's not enough to study God's message. You must leave it out. Knowing God's word and obeying it should be the very foundation of our lives from like from this scripture. Otherwise, you'd be like the dumb carpenter who built a fancy house but no foundation. A fancy house without a, a, a foundation. So the fact is that as Christians, if every one of us, and I want you to listen to this, if every one of us was to consistently apply at least 10%, only 10% of the things we hear in Sunday school, in, in our small groups, in our life groups, in our, in our Bible study, Sunday service, 
our world can never be the same again. Any 10%, our world will never be the same again. Did, did, did someone try to run you off the road this week, just this week, a few days now, this is Wednesday? Or um, did they cash out at a, a payment to um, um, respond to you in a nasty manner? Or what about the police officer that asked you for a bribe? Or perhaps it was you that offered the bribe because you took one way, and by the time he told you the charge, you said, let me quickly over. In fact, yours is a two-in-one scene. <laughs> has your spouse been, been keeping malice all week? Or it's you that has been snapping you know, at every little thing, blaming other people for pissing you off? You know, you see people dressed up in suits, you know, and tie, looking very responsible, but they are driving on the, the, the sidewalk, the road shoulder, you know, and they are bullies on the road. And so some of them have stickers on their car. This is my year of, <laughs> I don't want to mention, <laughs> mention congregations, you know? <laughs> and if you try to tell them they are doing wrong, they will curse you in an instant. And you, you go like, what the? <laughs> These people either went somewhere on Friday or, or on Sunday, if you understand what I mean. I, I think they teach them something. What did they learn? These people go somewhere, a religious place, so to say, let's be factual. Most of them. What, what did they learn? Are you wondering where the other people come from? If only 10% of what we collect is being applied, our world will be a beautiful place to live. May God help us to walk in that grace that He has given in Jesus' name. So, verse 26 and 27, again, if you have any questions, and of course this is an interactive session, please um, put your questions on the platform where you are watching from and our online pastors will address the questions and send it to us and by God's grace we will be able to answer those questions at the end. So verse 26 and 27, if Simon can put that up as well, that talks about, um, you know, uh, it says if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. And verse 27 says, the pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So, question I asked myself, well, what was the plight the, the, the of um, the orphans and, and, and widow in, in James' time, you know? In, in, in the time James wrote, the, the fatherless, who is the um, orphan, and the husbandless, who is the, the widow, were the most marginal, marginalized, I mean, segregated bunch of people. You know, James was calling on the religious to look out for this group of people and don't uh, follow the ways of the world, which rather judge such people for their misfortunes. Okay, uh, maybe it, it was a bad, bad omen, so to speak. That's why the boy lost or the girl lost her father or the woman must have done something, you know, um, uh, for her to lose her husband. I think it was Eric Jadels making a joke that they said, if you have eye problem, you're looking at other people's spouses in the former life <laughs> and stuff like that. Or if you poison somebody, you'll be having really stomach in your life. Uh, anyway, that's just digressing a bit. Instead of judging these people, right, instead of um, looking at them with, with uh, an eye of suspicion, James was calling for them to be cared for. James was saying, instead of being judgmental and being the decoder of people's um, reason for their misfortune, be empathetic. That's what James was saying. Be empathetic. He was saying we should get off our high horse and look out for those in their low estate, so to speak. 
or saying, I mean, bring yourself down enough to be able to relate with people that are going through um, tough times, people in their lowest states, you know, and, and, and people that are cast down. And, and this being cast down doesn't necessarily mean, mean just uh, for the widow or the orphan. There are people that are emotionally cast down in the fullness of that word. How are you treating them? Are you judging them? Are you saying good for them? Are you saying, hey, I've been waiting for to see this person. It, 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 could, it can't be this good. Something bad can also happen to this person. That's what James was saying there. He was saying if you think you're religious, you know, if you think you're religious, he's saying that, that, is, that, that is just, that is not what you, that is not what is expected of you. That is not what is expected of, of any of us because um, the, the religious person in this context is someone that carefully follows their own beliefs, however flawed, however authoritative or, or correct these beliefs may be. They will follow it to the latter. They don't waver. They don't change. Some people will call them old Christians, you know. They just continue on their path, you know, well, rather, whatever wants to spoil, should spoil. What they believe is what they believe. They don't want anything to stain their garments, their holy garments or their opinions about certain things. They, they, my wife calls it a fixed mindset. <laughs> they have a fixed mindset just came to me. Do you know someone like that? Or maybe it's you that's like that. Someone that will never back down. We continue to push their agenda even when that agenda is in error. We continue to push it. Someone that feels that they, they, have, they, they have seen your, your weakness, so this is the right, right time to trash you and judge you. Do you know someone like that? Or are you that person? You know, I saw a funny video. My brother actually sent me a funny video. And I thought the video ministered to me, maybe because I was in preparation mode. And I want us to watch it. It's a very short video about people that are, uh, are religious in their ways. And then we'll, we'll continue from there. Say, so, can we have that video, please? But that was a religious cock, you know. I don't know if you heard the volume. The cock normally should crow and wake people up. Cock goes, cock, do do do, you know, and stop. But this one went, cockoroko, and it kept out until it gasped out and it fainted. I never seen a cock faint. I thought it was very funny, but it, it ministered to me, you know, on people that are very religious and stick to a particular. <laughs> You know, whether or not it's an error, uh, of course, it's good to be um, diligent in your course. But the, the Bible tells us, in, of course, we'll continue, as we continue to learn in James 3, verse 17, that you know, there's a wisdom part to this thing. And wisdom should be open to correction. Wisdom should be, it should be uh, pliable, it should be open to correction. So, 
good example you know james had dedicated this part of what we're treating now to such people good example of such religious people saul before he encountered jesus he was religiously killing christians and he felt he was in the right there was nothing anybody could tell saul in fact in um, acts um, 26 i think acts yeah saul was saying that you know he counted the people the kind of pharisees he used to hang out with the stock of people he came out came out from it was really just he diligently believed that what he was doing it was the right thing but it was in error another good example is miriam and aaron Moses' siblings in Numbers 12. The scripture tells us how God, God dealt with these religious people for not bridling their tongue. Like we read, it says if you are religious and you cannot bridle your tongue, you are, you are, you are, you are deceiving yourself. You are deceiving yourself because it says, another, like it says your religion is worthless. So these religious people, you know, they, they saw Moses in his weakness and he felt it was, their, it was in their place to, to address it. But God dealt with them for running their mouth. Everyone that thinks it's their place to judge your weaknesses, God will deal with them for running their mouth in the mighty name of Jesus. God didn't say to Moses, it's true. You, you went to marry a doo-doo wife because their, their, their grouse was that Moses went to marry a black woman. God didn't say, Moses, you went to marry a doo-doo wife. God dealt with them. You know, he said that he turned Miriam to a leprous case. So, interestingly, when I read that scripture, the Israelites had just traveled from a location called Kibroth Atava, which meant the graves of gluttony. Listen, follow along. They had just left a place of mourning. If a place is called the graves of gluttony, it means that something happened in that place. What happened is that these guys had cried for meat. They said they wanted meat. Oh, the, the meat we had in Egypt, the fish we had in Egypt. And Moses went to God and said, these guys, ah, which kind of people are this? And God took it personal and said, these guys, you guys are complaining against me. You know what? I'll give you meat, but you will gag on the meat. So he sent quails into their camp. They had meat. And he says that as they began to eat the meat, the plague of the Lord, the anger of the wrath of the Lord burned against them. And he, 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 he struck them. And a lot of them died. So they were buried in that place. Um, Kibroth Atava. So there must have been people you know, um, amongst them that became orphans and, and widows. They, some of them must have loved, lost loved ones in the process, as in some of the survivors must have lost, lost loved ones in the process. So there must have been people that needed care, you know, attention, empathy, at that very crucial time of their journey before they entered into the, the, um, the promised land because it was the next place they went to that God told Moses, okay, tell people to go and spy Canaan and come back with a report. Yeah, I mean, those things didn't bother Aaron and, 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 and Miriam at all. What their focus was, was on Moses' error. Their, their most pressing need at the time was not people's care, was the fact that Moses admired a black, black woman. Interestingly, Moses admired a black woman before he even came to Egypt to rescue them. They didn't see all that. It was at a time where they felt that, you know, so if I haven't been talking about it way before that time, but at some point they say, you know what, we must, we must challenge this man. So when it happened, what happened? God struck Miriam and made her leprous. He struck Miriam and made her, her, her leprous. Even Aaron, second in command in the gang, bowed before his face and began to call the person he was accusing. 
uh, uh, master, master, pray for me. Everyone that has accused you, they will bow before you and they will call you master in Jesus' name. Question is, what was dear to God's heart at that time when Miriam and Aaron were tantrums? God's heart was for the disadvantage. Those that are in their low estate, even though he had struck them. So rather than spend time being people's spiritual bar barometer, rather than use our tongues to describe everything that is wrong with our brother, everything that is wrong with our sister, rather than consistently sing like a canary and put ourselves in, in errors, why not translate all that energy into what is dear to God's heart? That's what we should do. Translate all the energy we use in criticizing people into what is God uh, um, dear to, to God's heart. So, paying attention and caring for the needs of the destitute, caring for the needs of the impoverished and the, the, the disadvantaged has never been less of a priority to God. Caring for the needs of the, the marginalized has never been less of a priority to God. Not back then, not even now. Change lives will always be God's priority. Indeed, the lives you touch that determines the kind of life you lived in this waiting room called earth. And Apostle James is saying, or is calling us to live our lives untainted, distinguished from the world's ways of doing things. And so shall it be for you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. So if you bow your heads with me, let us pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you once again for this word. Thank you for this teaching. That these words are, Father, we take deep roots into our hearts and will bring forth fruits bountifully. Indeed, by these words, we'll be transformed in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you are here watching us right now and you are saying, you know what? I've been, I've been doing it wrong. I want to yield my life today in alignment to be just like Jesus. I've not been following just like Jesus. I want to follow just like Jesus. I'm tired of living a judgmental life. Wherever you are, if you just indicate and the um, online pastors will attend to you in the name of Jesus, or you know you're not in a relationship with him, today hear these words that are able to transform your life and save your soul. Just send a message to the online pastor and the people reach out to you and God will bless you in Jesus precious name we pray amen okay so um, welcome Pastor Balaji Arufi good evening sir welcome Pastor Balaji if you can hear me okay beautiful I can I saw the thumbs up so yes um, while we're waiting for questions uh, I guess I will train my questions your way. <laughs> um, and then if more questions come, we would, um, we would post them. So my, my first question, you know, uh, like we're talking about uh, people, you know, all kinds of people, you know. So, so perhaps there have been times when you encountered um, people, religious people, and those religious people that follow their their ways, you know, to the, to the, to the, to the error, you know? Hey, so Pastor Richard, can you, can you hear me better now? Absolutely, sir. This is better? Okay. Yes, yes, uh, I'm, I'm very clear. Apologies. Okay. Um, 
my laptop was acting up on me. All right, so so I did hear your question. I okay. to everyone to uh, on the bridge. I did hear your question very clearly on how to handle uh, certain people that are very stuck uh, in, in their ways. Um, and what comes mm -hmm. up first is, you know, we learned earlier on about the, the, the new word alert, pharaohical. Remember that for, 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 when people behave like pharaohical? Yes. So, so we probably just continue yes. that, that line of thought of just like Jesus, like you mentioned. You know, I mean, Jesus mm -hmm. spoke with them a lot. You know, and he knew all the angles they were going to come from. You know, so so you will notice that it's not everything that Jesus answered, not all their questions. And sometimes, or most of the time, he answered the question with a question. You know, so so invariably, if you encounter such people a lot, you know, I mean, two two things you can do. You know, stick to your mission, it's your destiny, focus on your goal. I mean, what you plan to do, what God has instructed you to do. If you have to respond, throw back another question and give them an assignment to go figure out you know, what to think about. <laughs> and another option is just just ignore. You know, just just ignore. I mean, the, 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 the things that God has asked you to do and you're doing them right, that's the most important thing. So that, that, that's how I will work with people like that. And it's also important to also as individuals not to be those people you know, that are totally talking about mm. I totally agree, sir. I think I'm taking two um, to produce or two um, key points to use there. And the first one would be give them an assignment, <laughs> throw them another question. And the um, second would be to ignore. You know, I can't remember where it, was, where it is in the in uh, Proverbs, where it says, even if you listen close enough, you hear your 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 servants abuse you really so i i totally agree that we cannot give um, a response to everybody because jesus actually didn't give a response to everybody thank you so much sir so why still waiting um do we have any questions okay i'm going to take uh my my second question um so i i would like to know sir what is your application best practice you know what i mean is um what are the steps that you deliberately take or, or someone can take to move from the place of being a listener to a doer? You know, Apostle um, um, James tells us here that, you know, enough with all the consumption, we start actively doing. So, uh, I mean, you want to share your own personal experiences or what we can do as a people to you know, move from being that listener. Because sometimes we hear messages and we say, oh, yeah, we're excited about it. And in a few days, it's all gone. So, 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 Pastor Richard, uh, um, I, I, there's something that I know God does, okay? Um, you, you could use the word, I, I won't use the word shit, you know, but God has set us up so well that we are not supposed to fail. And that's, that's my take. And wh why do I say that? If, if you, it, it's like you give um, a student an exam and then you just give the student the answer sheet right beside the exam. And you say, this is a real tough exam, but here's the answer sheet. Here's the answer to the question. Here's your question. Answer all questions. And I say that because if you look at what you just talked about today, you know, there's one part in verse 25 that talks about, you know, looking the perfect law, set you free, 
and if you do what you can obey it and not forget what you've heard you know god will bless you for doing it not forget what you've heard it's asking us to forget what we heard but at the same time it's telling us to give me the holy spirit that will remind you of all things mm. so the question mm. now is, is you have a question and you have the answer so it's telling you not to forget but it's telling, also telling you that you won't forget because i'll give you somebody that will remind you of all things so the question now is mm. are you looking at the answer sheets are you looking mm. listening to the holy spirit because the answer is there you've heard it before answer mm. once open you know the, the, mm. the way exams are what is the solution you're like ah, ah, i need this thing now that's exactly the way mm. i see us transiting from listening to doing which is at the right time in the right moment going forward going to the right going to the left there's always somebody there with the right answer when to speak when not to speak mm. and that's the holy spirit mm. essentially we mm. living a spirit-led life just Put yourself aside for a minute and just what is the holy spirit saying at this time what is he reminding me is he reminding me that i told you to just watch your tongue it's going to remind you of something mm. you just ignore it most of the time but trust me he's reminding us of it. just mm. kind of like no no let me let me deal with this guy first let me just say what i want to say then i'll come back and pray so the, mm. the answer to me is mm. spirit led living wow thank you so much for that sir um so we still don't uh, uh, have any um, questions. As a matter of fact, you've, you've done justice to a part, a chunk that I left out, and I was going to use for a question, but you have already, you have um, uh, <laughs> you already answered a, a question, and which is that part of um, you know the word being a mirror and the, the Holy Spirit, like you call it, uh, the word cheat, cheat code, helping us remember everything that we have been taught so thank you so much pastor Baraji. so if there are not if there are no questions i guess i'll take the offerings now and then i'll i'll give it over to you sir yeah question a question okay so we have a question yeah yeah and i think that okay it's not you, Richard, right? <laughs> well we'll see it says helping the beggars that is the orphan and widows that are currently overcrowding our road these days will it be will it not be tantamount to encouraging on site on sightly habits okay that is indeed a very good question so what this person is asking is are we supposed to help the beggars and um the um so that's orphans and widows that are currently overcrowding our street these days so um without a doubt we also know that there's a there's a commercial part of what we see on the streets these days you know and, and that's a shame and the reason why that happens is because when um, leadership fails to an extent it begins to cascade into everything including amongst those people that are on the road personally i don't give um and this is my own personal belief i don't give money to the people um, on the road but i look for um opportunities to partner with people that actually um, are, are trained and skilled at going into those places to identify genuine cases and help those cases so that because there are people there that will go from that place and become ministers tomorrow there are people that will go from that place and possibly become presidents there are people that will go from that place and actually um change the lives of other people but if we don't help them who's going to help them 
you know so those are actually the, the I mean the disadvantaged people the marginalized people so yes um, not every case is a genuine case you might not want to give um, things um, sporadically on the road because it encourages them to come back tomorrow because if there's nobody giving they actually will not come back but there are bodies you that are genuinely involved in catering for these people and looking for ways to get them out of the streets you can seek them out and and partner with them uh, so that those, the, the, the impact can actually be direct and the impact can actually be significant. And in doing that, of course, it pleases God and, and, and God be, will, will bless you for doing that in Jesus' name. Pastor Barad, I don't know if you want to add anything uh, to that. No, no, nothing to add, Pastor Richard. Uh, essentially, I mean, okay. right, we, just, we keep showing Jesus to the people that are around us and spreading that love. Um, I mean, don't get guilt tripped by... I mean, people on the road all the time. I mean, if you feel led, that's fine, you know. Um, um, but the important thing is the people that know you and know Jesus through you keep spreading that love. Uh, invariably, if you keep, keep keep spreading at the same time. So yeah, nothing to add. Possibly. Thank you so much, sir. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, Pastor Richard, thank you on behalf of Pastor Femi. Um, he had to be somewhere today, so could you uh, join us? Uh, that was God bless you for blessing us with that with that message. So if if you're online and you're listening to me, um, just imagine that I'm speaking in Pastor Femi's voice, and he told me to pass on this message to you as usual, which is the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine Amen. upon you and be gracious unto you. Amen. God lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. So shall it be. Amen. Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. God's favorite house. Please remember Amen. that this is a year of lifting and we are lifted all the way. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Take it, take